Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. What a year we had on Demand Gen Radio. It was our best year on the podcast. I have to tell you guys, when, when we started the year, I was a little worried uh, because uh, a lot of commuting wasn't taking place that used to take place, and you guys would take us on your drive with you to the office. So I'm glad you were all at home and not having to spend as much time on the freeway, but I'm even happier to know that you stuck with us and the podcast has done just tremendous in terms of growth. So thank you for being part of the Demand Gen Radio community. And as you loyal listeners know, Carlos and I like to get on the program and check in and talk primarily around our D3 methodology. So that's where we want to come to today. But Carlos, before we dive into that, you've got a whole new office there. People have not seen this location unless they're following you on Instagram. Uh, and, and can you describe your office? Because it's such a unique now experience. You've really capitalized on the situation uh, with not having to come to an office and, and you made yourself very mobile. Yeah, uh, quite mobile indeed. So what you're seeing behind me is our uh, fifth wheel RV that we picked up. It's something that uh, my wife and I had discussed for quite a long time about what do we want to do now that we were empty nesters, we didn't feel the need to hang on to a very large home that also was accompanied by a very large mortgage. <laughs> And so we just started to think about what we wanted to do. And this was something we had talked about for a number of years and kind of went all over the place from, do we go live in Europe and live overseas and, and work? And um, then, of course, when last year happened, uh, all that international stuff went out the door. So we came back to, we really want to see this beautiful country of ours. And what a better way to do it than to pull your house. And so we have, we were fortunate enough to find this. Uh, it was for sale down in Texas. The folks that we bought it from had hardly used it and had never really been pulled. And so we kind of fell into it. We felt very fortunate. So it has been uh, a joy. We left Colorado about a week ago at the time of this recording. We're in Tennessee right now where we're near several of our children uh, who are either married or at university. And then May 1, we will start up the Carolina coast, hit Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York. And then in the fall, we will start heading west. I say fall, probably around August, start heading west. And uh, we will be probably swinging around headquarters there, Dave, of Demand Gen in October of next year. So simplification has been awesome. It has stretched me in many ways, but we're having a great time. That's awesome. Well, I, 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 you're not the only one, which really surprises me. I mean, I think it's genius, uh, like you said, given that you guys are empty nesters for you to be able to hit the road. But uh, one of our clients, BMC, uh, marketing mm -hmm. head over there, is doing the same thing. And she and her husband are traveling around and really getting to see the country, which is cool. So apologize in advance, by the way, if Carlos has any internet issues while we're connected, but so far, so good, Carlos. So you you really, you, you've got the mobile office, you got the mobile home and and uh, it's great. Are you gonna make it over to the Jack Daniels distillery out there? I think that is on the list. That and some really good barbecue is on the list. So awesome. we'll be here for three months. We'll have a great opportunity to explore. We did a little this week. Uh, had a state park, which was really kind of cool. And uh, yeah, we're we're enjoying it so far. And it's a lot warmer. This morning, it said it felt like 12 degrees in Colorado. And I do not miss that. You don't. 
Well, that's very cool. Let's uh, dive in. As you guys know, we like to talk about the methods and technologies for driving growth here on Demand Gen Radio, and no one better than Carlos, like I said, our Chief Strategy Officer, for he and I to talk about what you guys should be doing in 2021. And we're going to reflect back on some of the engagements we've had with our clients in 2020 and talk to you guys about that. Couple calls to action. Uh, number one, and we'll hit this again, but in case you're sitting in front of your computer uh, right now, really encourage you to connect on LinkedIn with both of us if you haven't already. Uh, Carlos Hidalgo, H-I-D-A-L-G-O, and you guys know me. Our names are right there on the screen, but maybe some of you are just listening to us, David Lewis. And the reason is, is because we, you know, Carlos and I love to engage with you. We'd like to help you map out your key initiatives and what you need to be doing and, and tell you about what some of our other clients are doing so that you know what your peers are doing out there or not doing, uh, which would be helpful to you. So make sure you connect with us on LinkedIn. Second thing is there'll be a link in the show notes below. Uh, we have set up office hours for Carlos. Carlos, if you want to talk a little bit about that, so many people have said it'd be great if I could get some one-on-one -on -one time with him. So in, in this frictionless world of, of delivering a great customer experience, we have set up some landing pages so that you can book some time with Carlos and get some one-on-one. -on -one. There is no cost to this. There's no strings attached to it. Uh, we want to help you guys map out your key initiatives and talk about what you're doing. And hey, if it makes sense for us to work together at some point, um, great. But if not, then uh, we want to give you some good advice and, and help you guys advance your careers because that's why we do this on Demand Gen Radio. It's also why we do it on Demand Gen TV. So Carlos, tell us, take us back in time in 2020, uh, which was not that long ago, but some of the engagements. You've worked with at least a handful of our clients in mapping out their key initiatives and applying the D3 methodology with them. We'd love for you to share how those are going. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll go back even further. Uh, it was right around this time last year, Dave, probably at about uh, early January, where we sat in the conference room at our offices talking about this model that, we wanted to develop for marketers. And it was kind of baked a little bit. And I remember flying home and literally writing three to four pages right. in a Word document and saying, this is what I think we need to develop for marketers to have a, a guide and, and a path on how to implement demand generation in a very sophisticated world in which we live today. And so we've been pleased to see a number of clients who have taken that and started to apply that in their organization. I think of GoCardless, a global payment processing uh, organization. They do some great work. We spent some time with their team probably about a year ago starting that conversation. And where they are right now, they're at about, I think, month nine, month 10, mm -hmm. where they are starting to see some of that strategy, see some of the demand creation, demand management really start to take root and really start to pay benefit. I think of Service Credit Union up in uh, Western Canada, when we spoke with them, you know, this was very interesting because they're more business to consumer. And so if you're out there and you're thinking, well, these guys are B2B, we actually have seen it work and seen that 
that pathway and that guide map for you in D3 apply to B2C and, and service. We spent a lot of time talking with them about what their needs were. Um, and it's interesting, we're talking to a lot of different financial institutions who are saying that demand expansion, that focus in on our customers, that onboarding, that customer experience is so vital and so important. And if you recall, Dave, we saw a major shift when COVID really put the clamps down on going down to the office of many organizations coming to us and saying, we're going to hit the pause button on new client acquisition. And we're really going to shift to our focus to demand expansion or focus on our customer base. And so we had that methodology, we had that approach for them that they could bake. And then of course, we're working with one of the top four largest consulting organizations on the planet who saw D3 Mm-hmm. and adopted it and not only adopted it uh, initially for one business unit, but it's come back to us and said, we need to roll this out across our organization. And so, like you said, one of the things that charges me up the most is being able to help marketers advance their craft. I've dedicated my last 20 plus years to it in my career. And D3 is doing just that. I also want to highlight that it's not an overnight fix. Mm-hmm. And that's what these organizations bought into. And one of the things we talk about when we talk about D3 is a commitment to the journey. Yeah. And I'm thrilled to death that these organizations have committed to it. Yeah. Marketing, as you said, has gotten more complex than mm-hmm. it's ever been, uh, which is both rewarding because of the diversity and all the things that we can tackle in marketing. There are people who are creative in marketing, people who love the science, who love the data, the technology, mm-hmm. branding, really, uh, Whatever your passions are in terms of the different dimensions of of marketing, uh, the discipline of marketing will afford that. The challenge, though, of course, is pulling it all together. And where the D3 methodology seems to be most beneficial is at the marketing leadership level. I do think that everybody should know what the methodology is. Um, If you guys have not checked it out or listened to the other podcasts, we'll make sure in the links below we put together, is it 10 minutes? I think it's 10 minutes, just a 10 minute primer. Yeah, Yeah, 10 minute video (laughs) on an overview of the D3 methodology that I did, yours truly. So watch that if you have not been exposed to it. Because what you'll see is we we break down uh, into how to drive revenue into these three discipline areas where it gets its name, demand creation, demand management, demand expansion, thus D3. Carlos, which of those three areas, if you were to stack them in your view of of where our clients are where are clients putting most of their attention and then least of their attention across those three areas i would say most clients today when we talk with them are focused on the demand creation stage uh, if you want to equate this to where in that journey is it, it's, it's more early stage journey they're doing a very good job at creating <clears throat> top line engagement with their prospective customers. We hear, hey, we get great website visits, we're having a bunch of clicks, a bunch of opens, people are giving us their names. But where they are really struggling is that demand management piece. Integrating marketing and sales, and you'll notice that we use the term integrating, not alignment. If you want to know more about that, I did write a blog post on that uh, that you can visit on our resource center. But it involves that integration of marketing and sales, and it also involves defining that internal process. And so many conversations I have been on with our with prospects who are now clients, yeah. when we ask them, so what is that 
common demand funnel? What does that lead management framework look like? You kind of get this, well, you know, we have some loose scoring and we really don't have routing rules or we don't have the systems and, or we just send everything to sales. And we do know that buyers, just because they fill out a form are not indicating at that point that they're ready to buy. So, those two together, we're seeing a lot of attention on demand creation mm-hmm. and then struggle with lead or demand management. But I would say the piece, and, and this is probably more before the pandemic than after, but even now we're seeing so many of our customers who are just awakening to the fact that there is so much revenue that can be harvested from your customer base simply by improving your retention scores. You don't have to sell your customers anything else if you just focus in improving your retention. Yeah. One, it's great to go get new clients and new client acquisition is fantastic, but you're not growing your market share if you're losing clients due to attrition rates. Yeah. Focus on that retention and then you will win the opportunity to cross sell, upsell, deliver that experience and create customer advocates. Well said. Uh, let's do this, Justin. Let's put up the uh, picture of the funnel slides that we have. And I want you guys to take a look at this. So uh, in this first funnel, you see that the inquiry to MQL conversion rate is at about 2%. All right. And take a look at the revenue down below where I've got that circle. Now what I'm gonna do is just increment the conversion rate by a very few percentage points and watch what happens now to revenue, all right? So that's why when Carlos says where we need to be focusing more is in demand management because, right, they we're all, we're all guilty in a good way of waking up every in the morning and thinking, what's the next great marketing campaign that we're gonna to run to bring in some net new leads? And then the next campaign and the next campaign and the next campaign. And we're spending so much time and so much money on driving net new into the top of the funnel. But demand management, where you're going to have things like scoring and nurturing, better sales enablement, where if you're doing account-based marketing, where all your account-based marketing engagement is taking place, you just make small, small conversion improvements at the top of the funnel and you're going to double your revenue. It's just math. It just works that way. And that's why we spend the majority of time with our clients, making sure that demand management, all the initiatives that you need to do is really maxed out is why both Carlos and I wrote books on the topic of lead management, which is really a subset of the principles of demand management. I'm going to put a link to my book in the comments below. You can download it uh, for free. I've always made the PDF full book available. Of course, you can buy it on Amazon if you want, but you can download it. Uh, you can download it there. It's so important. But the other thing you said, Carlos, which is our install base, and there's terms like the leaky funnel. We've heard that term before, which is mm-hmm. applying that uh, if you run campaigns and generate net new prospects, and they don't get followed up properly by sales or properly engaged by marketing, then it they leak out. They don't become customers, and that's the leaky funnel. But what Carlos is talking about is just the opposite. Uh, but, but the same principle is that your customers are attriting, you're having negative retention. Maybe that's because of your customer service. We were talking about Comcast just before we got on this, cause we were talking about bandwidth and I'm a very happy Comcast customer. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of the service that I get from Comcast. 
That may not be the case with a lot of Comcast customers that I know, but me, I, I have no intent to leave Comcast. I'm very happy with their quality of their internet speed, quality of the cable service, and the quality of their customer service. I get good service in the area where I am, but maybe you're being serviced somewhere else and they're having attrition to AT&T or someone else. It's so costly to lose a customer. So, so costly. So marketing, don't forget that in addition to demand creation, spend more time in demand management and spend even more time working with customer service to make sure that you have an incredible customer experience, onboarding, upsell, cross-sell, customer service, uh, all of those things. It's, it's important for uh, the CMO to also think like the CEO, and I don't mean chief executive officer, I mean chief experience officer. Have a bit of that mindset so that you are helping to deliver a great customer experience and drive revenue there. And if you have a really small marketing department, it's hard to do all these things. But if you have a larger marketing department, I literally recommend that you build an accountability chart where you have marketers focused on demand creation, marketing teams focused on demand management initiatives, and marketing teams focused on your install base of customers. It works that way. Um, let's talk about, Carlos, the maturity curve, because so many customers came mm -hmm. to you when you started talking to them about the D3 methodology. They said, well, where are we today? And you said, well, we should do an assessment and we should uh, have that assessment. You developed a number of different maturity curves. I, th I think you're writing a blog post about that as well, yeah? Yeah, by the time this uh, airs, we should have that blog post live, hopefully. But yeah, we we it was the number one question we always got is, as we started to talk about D3 and present to uh, customers and present to prospects who are now clients, what we heard was, so how do we stack rank? How do we rank against everybody else? And we never really had an answer because everybody is along a different maturity curve, depending on the discipline, depending on one of the foundational elements. You know, we have customers that have perhaps uh, really strong customer support, customer service, customer experience, but aren't doing a really good job in demand creation. Uh, at the same vein, we may have somebody who's very strong in demand creation, yet lacking in demand management. So we did create maturity models for that very reason, where we can chart uh, and help at a macro level and say, this is where you're at. And then these are the attributes or the characteristics of an organization that is moving up that maturity curve to a best in class or a world-class demand center status. And one of the things that, and Dave, I remember you and I talking about these was oftentimes you see these maturity models and it's this straight line. Yeah all the way to the top. And that's not how change works, no. unfortunately. I wish it did. And so what you'll see on the maturity models is there's some, of course, there's some ascent, but there's also some plateauing. And there's even a few dips because what happens is you reach that level of maturity and then you're starting to move into another area and you cannot you cannot expect an organization which ultimately involves people to constantly be in that state of change right. you have to adapt yeah. to that new process and the example i gave you was if you've ever done any hiking up a mountain being from having spent the last 10 years in colorado we have a lot of 14ers there's all these switchbacks and sometimes you do go down in order to get back up and we had to do the same thing uh, with the model to reflect that and then the other piece you'll see in there we highlight 
that there's this risk of loss. And this gets back to that journey component that we've talked about, where if you don't have the stick and the commitment to that journey to make sure that that change is actually going to become part of the corporate DNA, you will risk loss of investment. You'll risk loss of advances in your discipline. And ultimately, you're going to risk the loss of marketing becoming that revenue creation engine in your organization that we all want. And so that's why we talk about that because we've seen organizations do that where they're just like, hey, we are six months into this and we thought we'd be finished already. Depending on the size of the organization and the complexity of your audience, you may be at this for quite a while. We talked earlier about these companies that are you know, anywhere from six to nine months in and they're still on this journey. Now they're seeing advances but we're constantly talking to them about recommitting to that mission and recommitting to that journey. You know, talking about it with you, like listening to what you're saying, it, it dawned on me that we need to help people have a very uh, transformational shift in what the marketing discipline is. Because mm-hmm. early on, you know, compare like IT thinking to marketing thinking. Marketing lives almost in the moment. Outside of event marketing, Everything that you do in marketing is very short sprints, right? A website redesign in three to six months. Uh, a campaign that you're launching. Some campaigns are like overnight. Other campaigns have more planning. Uh, an annual user conference, you're going to put a lot more effort into. But marketing has been very used to working in these very short sprints and around almost everything they do. You look at IT, when IT rolls out a CRM or some company infrastructure, these are long tail projects that take a while. Right. And what I want to make sure that you're hearing from Carlos is that realization that, yeah, you've got to be doing that short sprint marketing, go to market motions that you're doing all the time, but you have infrastructure responsibilities, true marketing operations, sales operations, or revenue operations functions. And, and these are journeys that never end. You never get to the top of the mountain uh, and, and plant a flag and say, we're done. Uh, and and if you go into any of these initiatives thinking that there becomes a point where the journey is going to hit an end or you're you're hasty and you're like, oh, I, I, I can't I can't work on our infrastructure and strategy over the next 18 months. You will be. It, it, this is a never ending journey. You're always going to be buying new marketing technology tools. You're always going to be sunsetting marketing technology tools or sales technology. Your sales team is always going to have a new hire or a new off-board, same thing in marketing. So that's why we created the D3 methodology to give you this, you don't like to call it a blueprint, and and I and rightly so, but it's a methodology for identifying the ongoing initiatives that you need to undertake and then having an ongoing maturity curve. And I liked how, you, you know, sometimes you can become extremely mature, but then, but then fall back because you're at a next level of play and a next set of initiatives that you need to uh, take on. Well, and thinking about too, one of the foundational elements we talk about is analytics. And so when you talk about never being done, we're using analytics to apply to say, how can we improve? How do we get better? How do we optimize our technology? How do we optimize our content, our channel spend, our campaigns? And then add to that, I mean, Dave, you and I have been doing this now for over 20 years. 
how much has B2B buying changed over the last two decades? So you may be in an industry that is under an amazing shift right now or all kinds of change coming at it. Part of that always kind of coming back to it and never really being done in that journey, are you revisiting some of the components that we talk about in demand creation with right. persona development and buyer journey development. Are you looking for those signals to say, hey, this has changed? Or perhaps there's a new uh, persona that has uh, re revealed itself. I mean, years ago, we never thought of selling to a biz ops person. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Biz ops is now one of the key personas that we go after. So those are the things you have to consider. And that's why when we talk about D3, we do talk about this commitment. We also talk about a constant state of optimization, yeah. which is going to take leadership buy-in. And right. if you're working for leaders that think this should be done in 30 days, have them, I would love to talk with them to just kind of help educate them and help you be able to be that evangelist and that change agent in your organization. Well said, well said. We just, it just, it's important that marketing sets expectations on mm -hmm. the longevity of these initiatives and how important they are and that they never end. There's never a finite state where you can just check it off and say, it's done. Uh, even right. what, what used to be strategic elements which I'll now call more table stakes or, or tactical elements like lead scoring. It's strategic for you to do it, but um, more table stakes on whether you should or not. You can't mm -hmm. set a lead scoring program in place and then never come back and optimize it, revisit it. Uh, your nurtures, you need a constant, almost like at your home, if you're doing redecorating of your home uh, every couple of years, uh, as themes change or you get bored or, or what have you, uh, your nurtures need interior redecoration regularly. number of things that you mentioned trigger for me. I have clients that are doing e-commerce now. B2B clients that have never done e-commerce before right. with, with COVID really advancing digital transformation uh, by five, six years. We are now doing way more work, as you know, with our B2B clients opening up e-commerce on their website for renewals, for retention, for even new customer acquisition. Uh, and the nurture projects that we're doing with our clients now, a lot of it is we've already built out nurtures for every dimension of the funnel. They have inquiry nurtures and MQL nurtures, and not just one, but for different personas, different types of industries, lots of different nurture, you know, right time, right content, right persona. But then what was appropriate a few months ago from the best content that you had is now needing a refresh and improve content. You and I, Carlos, make content practically every week at Dimension. Well, no, we do it every week. And some of the content that we create, uh, like the, the podcast that you did on uh, demand creation, uh, demand creation done right. That was the number two podcast of 2020. Well, it was such a well-received podcast. Shouldn't we be using that podcast in some of our streams where we weren't previously because we either didn't have it or didn't know how, how popular it was? So you need to constantly be looking at what your content is for for demand creation, demand management. Uh, Adobe, we're working with Adobe now on demand expansion. They they are working with us to create some specific videos for their install base to help them get better use and adoption of of Marketo, which was a real compliment to the team that they reached out and say, nobody knows this stuff better than you guys. Will you make us some videos that we can share with our install base, which was very, very cool. So, you know, it it, it comes back to the, there are so many different dimensions and disciplines within marketing, mm -hmm. so much to do. Uh, I think some people feel overwhelmed 
by it at times and some people are excited by it and maybe there's everything in be in between uh i got i got a last question for you carlos if you could if you could uh recraft your career at this stage you're you're applying for a role in marketing at whatever level what path what role would you want would you want cmo role ops role creative role what 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 would be your path for you personally and I'll, i'll share mine yeah, I would want to be a CMO, um, not just to be in charge, <laughs> but I think now where I see the CMO role, it is such a role that you can drive effective change, which I love. Uh, it was a good part of my book that I talked about was how to drive change in organizations. I've read countless number of books on change management, but it's also a position that you are making a difference in an organization. And now that many CMOs are uh, owning that experience as you talked about. What a great thing to say, let's really get into the humanity of our customer base, no matter what we sell, and try to understand and deliver what they want to feel at every touch point in our organization. To me, that is such an impactful role. And if you can start to look at all of that, uh, from an experiential perspective, even starting before their experience, uh, before they're a customer and understanding how do they buy mm-hmm. and how do we make that buying frictionless? How do we make it easy? How do we help these prospects? I think that's a tremendous role and, and that's the path. If I wasn't going to be running an agency or working in an agency in my role here, that is definitely the path I'd yeah. pursue. Yeah, you don't you don't get to be on the on the agency side. That was it was the client side that I would I would I would be the operations side, whether you want to call it revenue operations or marketing operations. You know that geek in me that you know so well. I love the technology and I love applying technology uh, for growth. Um, I could forego some of the the responsibilities that come as the CMO around branding, uh, mm-hmm. e- even though I I enjoy those things. Uh, my my greater passion is on applying technology for growth. So it sounds like you and I would make a good team. We do make a good I team. I think we would. I All think right. we would. Well, we 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 worked hard on uh, D3. We continue to innovate. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you, you know, as, as our listeners, if you're applying this, if you're struggling, Dave mentioned the 45 minutes, if you're feeling overwhelmed, book some time with me. I would love to talk to you about your organization, where you're at, and how we can help and how you can help use D3 in your organization to advance your discipline. Yeah. Well, well said. Take those calls to action, you guys. Look in the show notes. A lot of links down there for extra content for you, including a link to get some office hours with Carlos. He is our chief strategy officer. Uh, We don't bill for his time. Uh, He is there to help you guys on your journey, on your path. Take advantage of it. It costs you nothing. You get the big brain of Carlos talk specifically on the, on the podcast. We talk more broadly because we we're we're talking to the big, the big and ever growing demand gen radio community. Uh, but we love to have the one-on-one chats with you guys. So do reach out. That's going to do it for this episode of demand gen radio. Thank you, Carlos safe travels. And we'll catch all you guys Thanks. on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 